Here's what's at stake in the conversation about race that I've been having with John McWhorter. I made some remarks in tribute to John on the occasion of his winning the 2022 Philip Merrill Award for Outstanding Contributions to Liberal Arts Education. It was bestowed on him by the American Council of Trustees and Alumni. There are things that don't or can't get said when we talk about race in most venues in America. Those who've been following the 15-year-long conversation on this topic that I've undertaken with John at the Glenn Show know what I'm talking about. Whether it's crime in Black communities or out-of-wedlock birth rates, academic underperformance, or the unbearable intellectual lightness of much anti-racism agitation. In academia, in mainstream publications and media outlets, and increasingly in K-12 classrooms, what I've called the bias narrative holds sway. Negative aspects of Black life are attributed almost entirely to the nation's history of racial oppression, which is said to begin in the early 17th century and to continue unabated to this day. We are said to be a bandit society here in America, built on genocidal plundering undertaken by unrepentant racists. That's one story you could tell. And if that story were just one of many circulating through our national discourse, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But this bias narrative has become not just one of many stories, it's now the only story in newspaper opinion pages, in scholarly journals, and in educational materials disseminated throughout our schools. It's the story told by the White House. It's the story that ramifies out from the most elite precincts of our country and shapes ordinary conversations and relations between individuals. Its grip on so many areas of the public imagination has become so tight that anyone daring to challenge it is viewed with suspicion and often enough with outright contempt. If an alternative explanation for black underperformance is proffered, it's not the explanation that gets challenged, but the individual making it. For to challenge the bias narrative, ipso facto, proves that one is a racist or a deplorable, or if the challenger is a black man, like John, and Uncle Tom. This situation is intellectually infantile and morally bankrupt. How we talk and think about race has consequences that can be measured not just in dollars and cents, but in stagnant lives and dead bodies. So, responding with ad hominem attack to any account of our current predicament that's not rooted in bias isn't merely unfortunate, it's actively damaging. The stakes are enormously high here, and the hour is late. Candor, integrity, and courage are in short supply. Name-calling and character assassination have largely replaced open debate while naked emperors, pseudo-academics, and bombastic demagogues command the public square. Enter John and Glenn, or, as I sometimes like to refer to our dynamic duo, enter the woke busters. In Hans Christian Andersen's story, The Emperor's New Clothes, two swindlers, promise to provide an emperor with magnificent new clothes that will be invisible to those who are too stupid or incompetent to see them. Officials can plainly see that no clothes are being produced on the swindler's looms, but none of them will say anything to avoid being thought of as a fool. So, when the emperor walked through the city in his new clothes, 
Everyone could see that he was naked, but no one would be the first to say it. And then along came an innocent child who, in his naivete, was willing to defy this false consensus and to speak out. The thing about the child in that story is not that he's saying it. It's not even that other people hear him saying it. It's that everybody knows that everybody else has heard him say it. The child has created a situation in which it becomes common, shared knowledge that the emperor has no clothes, in the sense that everyone now knows that everyone knows the truth. German political scientist Elisabeth Neule Neumann coined a term that describes this phenomenon. She called it the spiral of silence. In a spiral of silence, when holding a certain view entails a stigma, then for fear of being seen as having that view, most people stay silent. Thus, the masses believe they are alone or in a small minority of people with the stigmatized view when in fact, they are indeed one of the masses. In progressive controlled areas of our society today, we are suffering from a spiral of silence when it comes to the topic of racial justice. A great many Americans, for example, don't like it when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee at a football game and says, I'm not going to stand for this national anthem. Or when a Black Lives Matter activist rises with his bald fist and says, burn this city down but they are afraid to be the only one in their community saying it, to be perceived either as a racist or as a supporter of racism for holding mild views that arguably most Americans hold, views such as the obvious fact that white lives matter too. There's a deeper point here. Though overt censorship is often spoken of as the leading threat to open discourse, the more subtle threat arises from the voluntary limitation on one's own speech that creates a spiral of silence. As John Stuart Mill recognized in his masterwork On Liberty, it is not the iron fist of state repression, but rather the velvet glove of society's seduction that constitutes the real problem. Who, we must ask, will speak for compromise and common sense when to speak in this way is seen to signal a weak commitment to the struggle? Who will insist that we speak plainly and tell the truth about delicate and difficult matters that we would all prefer to cover up or ignore, such as the despicable black-on-black -black violence now ravaging many of our cities? Who will declare the emperor to be naked? How can a nation sustain an elevated political discourse when the social forces of conformity which promote silence threaten to usher in a dark age? In truth, it cannot. But with a simple choice, with just a little bit of bravery, you and I can choose to be like that child who spoke truth to the empire, that is, we can put an end to the gaslighting, the lying, and the willful blindness to reality on issues of race and social justice that are so characteristic of our time. My friend and longtime conversation partner, 
Professor John Hamilton McWhorter IV. With his books, opinion pieces, and via his public ministry at the Glen Show, has, for nearly a quarter century, been pointing the way. It is now up to those of us who are committed to an honest engagement with this age-old American dilemma of race and social justice to follow his lead, if only we dare. Thank you. I am Glenn Lowry, the Merton P. Stoltz Professor of the Social Sciences at Brown University, offering this tribute to John McWhorter.